It is another episode of QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. That was the calmest you have ever introduced. I wanted episode. to scream so bad and I chose not to. Wow, I'm Shawnee and I am shocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I am in celebration. We are at more than 5,000 downloads. We like Shout just crossed out. the threshold. You like us. You really, really <laughs> like us. Um, that number feels big to me. And we're at 43 episodes, you know. We're coming up on our year soon-ish. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But today, we're going to talk about what happens when you want to fuck your therapist. It happens often. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> uh, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. <laughs> okay, my dearest Shawnee, on this Sunday, I would like to know for the subslot question for the day, which eyebrow do you hate the most? <laughs> of yours, not like other people's <laughs> eyebrows. Like, no. There's a lot of eyebrows I hate. <laughs> um, like, which one, left or right? Okay, I mean, I guess another option is neither or both. Both. Oh, <laughs> I can start. I hate my right eyebrow. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a question. I, my left eyebrow, it like it fans. It has a shape, and like it's not perfect, but I like it. It feels like me. And my right one just refuses to look anything. And I know, like sisters, not twins, but like <clears throat> it. I can try and groom them the same way. It just doesn't. Happen. My right eyebrow, eyebrow is my okay. biggest enemy. So you're right. My left. This one. Okay. Look. Look at me like dead on. Hmm. See, Gorgina? Yeah. And well, she's, she's more solid. The right one is more solid. But I like the way this but the, one has Yeah, like I like that one too. It's it's extra. It's extra. <laughs> and this one wants to lay all flat. And like when I'm trying to do that, like, you know, brushed out flat look, I need yeah. to try those soap brows. Have you tried that or seen that? Soap brows? So these all these beauty bloggers are taking like a spoolie, which is like the eyebrow brush. Okay. And then they wet it and then wet some like... Dove soap or whatever the fuck, mm. and then they spin it, and essentially it acts as like a glue pomade, and then they can like spool it up, and then it sticks. The problem is, is that I have Anastasia Beverly Hills brow gel, I have Glossier Boy brow, I even do the like um spoolie and hairspray trick. But the problem is, is that my brow bone like comes down. So if I hmm, if I spoolie up, I have to like get the hairs over the brow bone okay. and it's like too much of an, a reach for them and they're so tired and they just fall down. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. Anyway, so do you have an eyebrow you hate or like the most? I, had, I give this thought often, actually. Surprisingly. Um, yeah, I think I like my, my right, this one, more than the left because I think this left one... There's a lot going on with this left one. One, I think that it doesn't come in as further like to the middle of my face as the right one okay. and... When I was in college, I uh, had a guy over and he tickled me in my bed. I hate being tickled. This okay. is not like a ha ha ha. This is funny. Stop. This is like a somebody's going to get hurt because you're tickling yeah. me. And I it's not funny for me. We should talk about like the like psychology of tickling sometime, by the way. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Listen. Have you seen tick that? documentary yeah okay that'll be included yeah okay so, teaser for some episode <laughs> yay tickling episode we should have like a a fetish phobia episode 
Okay. Okay. So anyways, this guy was tickling me in my bed. I told him stop. He didn't, which like, hey. Consent. Not consent. Cool. Yeah. Right. I, in college, had these really, 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 really like dangerously pointy um, side tables on oh. my bed. <laughs> like what? Dildos. <laughs> um, no, side tables. And lo and behold, I got tickled and was thrashing about and like cut my upper eyebrow, the left one. So there's like, if you look closely, there's like a scar there. And the guy was freaking out. I was like, do we need to go to the hospital? And I was like, I am fine. You leave now. <laughs> he Did you need devastated. to go to the hospital? No, no, no. I was fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there was blood gushing from my face, but I was sure. like, eh, it'll be all right. That's a kink. <laughs> blood? Yeah. Talk to Army Hammer. Oh, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I think scars and eyebrows are really hot. And also, obviously, obviously, um, you shouldn't hate any eyebrow. I just feel like people have a preference, and I decided to phrase it that way. I'm working... I dislike this eyebrow. I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm working on like being okay with the asymmetry. And that's like been part of this like new makeup practice of like just trying to like try things and not Mm. like be too focused. Oh, I finally did find like a concealer shade that works for me for my under eyes. Um, Tarte Shape Tape, which is like like, everyone loves that. I keep buying all this makeup, but I'm like not using it. So I should actually just jump in. The best thing to do, I think, is like really simple, especially like for like more masculine people. And then you have like the considerations of work and all that fucking bullshit. Anyway, and what about it? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Where do we want to start today? I mean, I could talk about how Democrats are stupid. They have bombed Syria, no stimulus check, and no minimum wage hike. Um, We're even having requests for compromise. From our own party for 11 or $13, which just so everyone is very clear, with inflation, twenty-four hour, $24 an hour is actually more accurate to the $15 an hour when that was proposed back when it was proposed. $15 an hour is the compromise. Anyway, 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 anyway. I have like a political hangover, I think. That's fine. You know, yeah. it's been a, it was a, a long four years. It was a long, it was an actually like long election. It shouldn't have been that long. Yeah. Um, and then there was a there was a Capitol riot, and then Ted Cruz went to Cancun. I'm just I tired. I, I know. Think I'm I get literally it. just like I can't with you people anymore. And I feel like maybe some of my listeners, uh, mine, weird. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was just. I'm just resetting everything. <laughs> We're starting over. We're starting over. Welcome um, to QBT. I'm Shawnee. I'm Maddie Jones, and today I am going to try and give Democrats a break because I. But my problem, I think, is. So many people focused all their energy and all their political energy into hating Trump Mm. without taking into account that now we're doing the exact same thing. People are just less mad because there's less noise about it. There's less noise. And I'm going to make some noise. Okay. Ring a ding ding, bitch. Do it. Yeah. On my way over here, there was, uh, I ran into a protest and... For ICE? I don't know. I don't know. We live in Portland. It could literally be because... One of these bakeries Someone's is a not cheeseburger for anymore. Over exactly. Yeah. Um, that was shady, but also kind of true. So, anyways, I just ran into a protest and I was like, "What's happening now? I just want my Starbucks." That's probably what they were protesting. And, and I feel like, uh, as a black person in this country, like that's a that's a thing that's okay to feel. Like there's an exhaustion that you have probably reached way before all. The- Do you remember back? Um, last summer when white people were talking about like 
um, engagement fatigue or like activism <sighs> fatigue yeah. because they had to like think about Black Lives Matter for seven minutes. That was stupid. That was dumb. Um, I would like to go after a fucking heinous bitch, um, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of the Republican Party, who is a true conspiracy theorist, QAnon nuthead. I was gonna um, say that crazy lady. Yes, um, she is across the hall from. Um, <laughs> she lives across the hall from you. Y- yeah, exactly. girl, let's go bang on this woman's door. Um, I am trying to read this as fast as I can um, from Representative Marie Newman, who has a trans flag outside of her office. Miss mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene decided to make a sign from Kinko's or wherever the fuck that says um, there Kinko are two racist. genders. There are only two genders. Trust the science. And... Another reason this is heinous is that... Um, trust the science. Trust the science, which is... We'll get to that. But <laughs> the other thing that this is heinous is because Representative Marie Newman has a trans child. So it's like not just an attack on the idea of legislation related to trans people. It's this person who is literally trying to get in the head of this other person who also wasn't making political statements, just had a trans flag up. But also, ma'am, if you read any current science book from the last 10 plus years, there is lots of information about how gender is subjective and cultural and there is multiple representations across culture, but they're always like, well, I mean a science book from the 70s or like, I mean a science book from a long time ago. You can't use a new science book. Just being petty. And you know what? I just thought of this. You shouldn't be allowed to be in the government if you are petty. You just shouldn't be allowed to. I think that there are too many things at stake for people to be petty about things, about certain things. And I feel like there was no reason for you to do that. You just didn't want to see that flag across the across the hall from your office. That's literally all that white woman wanted. And in the video, the way she puts it up and then she does that thing where you like dramatically or like work's done and you like yeah, do your hands like that. Of course. It, 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 I, I know this. I know exactly what this lady is know, because I've I been know. there. And this is why I don't work in government. I'm too petty to work in government. I would literally just, I would do shit out of spite just to do it out of spite. And that doesn't help anybody. And that's not. silly. I feel like too many leaders just do things out of spite, like bombing whole countries. And it's like, yo, <laughs> how okay. about you remove your ego for a second and actually figure out a resolution to this? I hear what you're saying, but I would counter and say that I wish that the Democrats were as petty as Republicans. Okay. I agree. Like, match it, bitch. I agree. <laughs> I mean, we are past the point of me wanting to fix anything. We're trying to reach across the I aisle don't with want people to, no. who are trying to stab no. us. No. Your hand's gonna get cut, bitch. Stop I... reaching across the aisle. Fucking demolish them. We own... Yeah. We, we don't own everything. But also the fucking thing with the parliamentarian or whatever, that's a not... A, I don't know if you know this. So the parliamentarian was basically like, um, this COVID relief bill, like can't happen it's like not where we i don't agree with it whatever that is just a suggestion um it is not something that you have to abide by in fact kamala harris has the power to say i either accept or deny the parliamentarian suggestion Mm -hmm. and decided to be like well the parliamentarian said it so i guess we got to come up with something else no (laughs) it doesn't hold any power it doesn't hold any power it's just this like um counseling body or like it's a it's a leftover from the fucking charade of politics that has always been anyway it doesn't matter um 
Chloe and Hallie blessed us with um, a beautiful new Chrome edition of Ungodly Hour. Oh, and a new video. Did you see the video? I didn't see the video. It's very cute. Um, I believe it. I think we've gotten all these live performances. It's the first actual like visual of that Ungodly we've gotten. Hour, right? Um, yeah. It's great. It's like, and my favorite thing about it is that they finally give them solo segments. Oh, nice. So like, that's nice. They each get solo segments to be hot and whatever. Yeah. And like, I know some people feel weird about that. And like, you know, they're a unit. I, I like that they are collectively separating by choice, well, yeah. but still together. Are they twins? No. Okay. I didn't think so. No, they're like a two years apart, but they're like basically twins. Okay. Um, but there are two new songs in the album, Hazy and 8020. I really like them both. I think I prefer Hazy. Have you heard either of them? I heard both. I like 8020 more, I think. Okay. And um, also just happy that they are writing the, the success of this album. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also really gonna get smart one after this. to write before the Grammys re-release it. Absolutely. Are they nominated? Yeah, for r&b album i have not kept up with any nominations of anything like i allegedly the golden globes are tonight and i'm just like oh okay i'm not gonna watch that also did you hear the news about why emily and paris got nominated (laughs) i love that emily and paris has become this thing in my life that i thought was just gonna be a casual saturday just like with nothing to do watch and has spiraled into this what is the theory? What is the reason? It's, I need to it's know. It's not a theory. What happened is, is that the Hollywood Foreign Press is like, notor- which, which which are the nominating body of the Golden mm-hmm, Globes, mm-hmm. are notoriously like corrupt and rich. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, are they white? Are they, do they have money? Yeah, sure. But okay. the problem is, is that their votes, the Academy Awards do this, the Grammys do this to some extent too. There's Grammy parties and like backstage or background kind of handshaking dealing stuff. Mm. I feel like the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press is just less um, inclined to hide it. They like actively sort of showcase when they're being bribed. And last summer, Netflix invited the Hollywood Foreign Press to like some chateau and they were held up for like a week and went around tour and they were like, they and so like the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press were like, touted around and showed around and just like in this very very extravagant way probably honestly more expensive than it costs to make the show itself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like that is like and that isn't what other shows have done especially not something from the bbc that's like publicly funded um anyway i just because i'm talking about i may destroy you like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um i mean I'm just saying, I'm glad I have a reason now, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it. it's funny that they are, like, publicly just like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is corrupt. But also, it's, this is why so many, you see so many celebrities come out saying just like, yeah, because I didn't feel like going out to these parties and, like, rubbing elbows with these people is the reason I didn't get this award. Right. It's all just a, who's showing me attention, who has the most money, who... Who's showing that they want it bad enough? Competition, yeah. not a, is this actual true artistic excellence or yeah. does this have an actual cultural impact? Absolutely not. Yeah. Netflix uh, showed up to the party. Showed up to the party. <laughs> um, hold on one second. I need to take this video off. Okay, took my sweater off. Feel much better, less sweaty. Um, to- I'm feeling more sweaty because of this man Oof. outside your window. Oof. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's neighbors there from Oakland. Uh, 
I hope they don't listen. <laughs> and if you do, whatever, I, I'll suck your dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will suck your dick if you want. If your wife can watch, it's fine. Um, two other just like quick music things. Um, I actually just was looking through like suggested new music, but this song "She Abunai" by Alice Longyugao featuring Miramasa and Bulo. Um, you it's did a, deep- a great job of pronouncing. All of those names. Thank you. It's rare for me. So <laughs> rare for me on this podcast. I'm that was, generally that was murdering like it. Three names back to back. Someone's gonna DM us and be like, "It's actually like potato mash." Like, okay. <laughs> it's, au- it's actually muray masa. Yeah, duh. Um, <laughs> they're all not American, so like that makes sense. But it's this um, really cute song. It's like a DJ, like kind of poppy. It's that really mix between like sweet sugary pop and then like. That kind of like metallic slidey. Okay. Anyway, uh, and then also, um, did you ever watch that reality show that Charlie XCX did with that band? No, this it was is basically news to me. Oh my god! I, I know. Think I you might. I think you might really like this show. <laughs> it, it's it's basically making the band, but but with Charlie XCX. Charlie oh, XCX pulls together these. It's like six episodes, and they go into this house i think it was right before quarantine but it was it also reads as very like quarantine energy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but like they put um these women in a house and then they write songs for an ep which then released as the show dropped and then it ends with their first show so it's also like that kelly Rowland show on bet if you say so that was like making the band but with kelly Rowland. maybe so I actually like that genre of television show, especially if it's just one season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like a second season of this for, like, their next album, but um, it's it's also... The music doesn't sound anything like Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. It's more, mm-hmm. like, um, very, like, kind of Heim and... Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. But it's, like... Uh, it's girl band, and one of them is from another band that I've heard of before. But, but not, not Little Mix girl band. No, 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 no. Not girl group. Girl band. Can I tell you that Carlos and I, on our road trip back from uh, the birthday party in the Gorge, <clears throat> we just like put on Spotify like randomly, just like a random Spotify radio station that was very much so like pop music. Yeah. I have never heard so much Little Mix in my life on a trip. Not even on a trip, just back to back in my life. Didn't they break up recently? I don't know, but all I know is that they have put out way more music than I ever knew that they did. I think uh, I know, like, two Little Mix songs. They have, like, four albums. Honestly, the only thing that I know really, like, I know some Little Mix songs, but really the main thing I know about Little Mix is that one girl who, like, reads that it, she's, like, doing some YouTube video and it's, like, Jamaican. And she looks at it and she goes, Bagland. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? No. This video, the one that like has the circle face. I was just gonna say the one with the big head and like a circle face. It's the circle, the brat's looking girl. Yeah, and she like just. you can tell she's thinking so hard. She's like, oh, I got it. She's like, <laughs> it's very funny. I love that. Um. Anyway, uh, tangent. I think, I mean, Normani over Lil Mix, but Lil Mix over Fifth Harmony. I like, okay, that makes sense to me. Um, I really also like that little mix song that's like, motorbike, motorbike, bike, 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 ah, you know? That's like all their songs. Well, and that's not a read. It's just that like, they pick a word and they say the word a lot. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to, just to end, the reason I brought up that 
Charlie XX thing is that that band, Nasty Cherry, just released a new song called Lucky. That's very cute. Um, the name of the band is Nasty Cherry. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm mm-hmm. send me the link. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll check. I it think out. you really might like the show. I'm excited <laughs> to see if you if you, if you like it. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about It's a Sin on HBO. Okay. Um, what are you just like initial thoughts? What do you I think? literally last night. So what we hiked yesterday. I thought you said what we hyped yesterday. I was like, what did we hype? We hyped it up. <laughs> what are we, no. we like it? We went on a hike yesterday. <laughs> we did. We I did. got home, ate, passed out on my couch, woke back up, was like, mm, it's time to watch something on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, I turned on Tom and some sad. Are we not going to talk about Tom and Jerry, the movie? I mean, we can if you want to. <laughs> I put it on. It was very loud and very violent. And I turned it off immediately. Okay. It was just like too much. For I want to do some like redacted and watch it. Okay. Yeah. I that might be that might be the experience you want with it, yeah. honestly. Anyways, I, Carlos that, said watching that back to back with like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog, which is now on Prime. I like feel like that could be a really Sonic fun the Hedgehog three hours. Was, honestly, I like Sonic the Hedgehog as a okay. movie, as a film. I'm okay. excited for the sequel and Tails. Anyways, and Knuckles. Anyways, um yeah, so after the Tom and Jerry mishap, I was like, this isn't the mood I'm in at yeah. all, even a little bit. Let's go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum and deal with AIDS, like the AIDS crisis of yeah. the 1980s. Uh, I I saw the like picture of it, like the cover art, and thought, this looks queer. Mm-hmm. And then I clicked into it, read the synopsis, and said, okay, so this is Pose, but in London and with white people. And then I said, I'll give it a shot. It's multiracial. It's multiracial, but mostly white. And I, think I guess so. Of the of the main, I feel like characters, it's like two main white characters, and then everyone else is some shade of brown. Yes, 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 yes. But, but it they, definitely is more brown than black. It's definitely more that. brown than black. I still think they give, at least to where I am, there's still a lot of focus on the white people. Totally. I show. mean, the biggest star is that little Ali Ali Oxenfree kid. Ali Alexander. From Ali Alex. Okay, that. Okay, but I whenever like, I see him, I'm like, oh, Ali Ali Oxenfree. Where is he from? That band, um, not Tears for Fe- Years and Years. It's okay. okay if you don't know it. It's like, uh, <laughs> but that's where he's from. I thought I had seen his face before. Okay, anyways, let me go back to my story. So I turned it on, was like, this looks queer. Um, set takes place in London. And I thought, well, I guess I don't know much about the AIDS crisis in London. Yeah. I know a lot about New York City and a lot about the US. So I took it as an educational moment. Yep. And um, I watched three episodes back to back last night. And I mean, by the end of episode three, I was just like, I think that is enough gay death for the yeah. night. Like it's intense. But it is also, it has its highlight, it has its like fun light moments. It has its yeah. stuff that has genuinely like made me like laugh last yeah. night. Um, I think one of the reasons I really like it is because it is about it is about death but it's also what makes it sad i think besides it being a sad subject mm-hmm. is the contrast with the life that it's celebrating yeah there's so much life in that show and there's so much great i've only seen two episodes there's four episodes maybe actually the fifth episode is coming out tonight but there's currently four episodes out there's five out okay my bad yeah um but um, essentially, like, each one is a different year. So I think it starts out in 1981, and then it's, like, 82, 83, 86, or whatever. It's, like, three-year jumps. Yeah. I remember this because by the time you hit 1986, I think it starts in 81, and the, the last episode I saw was 86, and I think the next one is 89 or 90s. Yeah. I, I only remember this because I thought, damn, they're all still alive five years later. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, is a sad Spoiler thought alert, to have, but a very true thought to have. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're all fine five yeah. years after... 
AIDS yeah. really started popping up. But anyways. Um, the reason I like it is I think because it's a, it's a type of nightlife culture that I didn't understand. I also appreciate the UK understanding, like, the whole thing of, like, the thing about don't sleep with Americans. Oh, like, yeah. I didn't even... Think about that, that makes sense, but I like I had never thought of that. You know, like I I don't have a UK understanding of this crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like and appreciate that it's not like this very typical age show where it like starts in eighty eight and ends in ninety four. Like it starts earlier than that is like the kind of development. And I kind of want to show this clip, and it was used as a teaser and promo, so it's not a spoiler alert. Um, but I want to show this clip that kind of showcases. I think it does really well, this kind of montage of the misunderstandings of what was going on, um, while also kind of showing this contrast within the current COVID crisis. Um, But also like, well, uh, let's just play this first. It's not fair. Every time we go out, it's this shit. The whole thing is a pack of lies. No, but that man, Pete, he said he met this man who said he was... Oh, he said, she said, they said. They're always saying something. But do you want to know the truth? Do you know what it really is, AIDS? It's a racket. It's a money-making scheme for drugs companies. Do you seriously think there's an illness that only kills gay men? It can calculate that you're gay and kill you, but no one else. Hmm. What about bisexuals? Do they only get sick every other day? And they say it's a cancer, but you can't catch cancer. Cancer is not a thing that can get caught. It's not like a cold or a cough, it's cancer. It doesn't transmit. Because imagine it, gay cancer. How is a cancer gay? I mean, what does it look like? Is it pink? Where is it? Is it in the wrist? I mean, for God's sake. You get all these stories and all these rumors and all these nightmares because that's what they want you to think, that lot. They want to scare us and stop us having sex and make us really boring, basically because they can't get laid. That's the truth. Because according to them, how does it work, this AIDS thing? Okay. They say it's spread by poppers. They say it arrived from outer space on a comet. And they say that God created it to strike us dead. They say it was created in a laboratory to kill us. They say it's the Russians. They say we got it from the jungle. They say it's caused by friction. They say it's in the spunk. They say Freddie Laker spread it when he introduced cheap flights. They say there's one patient zero spreading it wherever he goes. They say it affects homosexuals, patients, and hemophiliacs. Like, there's a disease which has targeted the letter H. Who's it going to get next? People from Hartlepool and Hampshire and Hull. Don't you see what all of these things have got in common? They're not true. I just, I love that clip because, like, Visually, it, it may not be picked up as much audibly, but visually it's like kind of intercut with like fucking and drinking and at this party yeah. and at the end where like Ollie's like, and DJ, give me those lasers. Like it, there was some sort of like unbridled joy that makes the crisis so horrible because there was a time when cities were holding this kind of like renaissance and like this access to yes hedonism but like just being yeah and then that gets interrupted with what happens right and um i think that this is a this is one of the first shows that i've watched where i like i as sean was like oh i damn i kind of wish i knew what it was like to be like queer and just out and about like at these clubs at these parties sleeping with whoever i wanted like 
pre-1982, you know? And, like, what that must have looked like and felt like. Because I agree. Like, the first episode... I mean, even up to episode three. I mean, it's getting, like, gets heavier, obviously. uh, And some, like, major people start to, like, fall off. But um, up until then, I was like, yeah, this looks fucking fun like this is a different side that i'm seeing where it's not like news hits everything gets shut down it it is actually showing you a little bit of the like yeah the news was sort of popping up here and there but like i don't know i started i questioned like if this was me like would i be somebody that's like all right i'm gonna slow down take it slow whatever whatever or am i somebody that's gonna be like oh my god like they haven't even figured this thing out like who's to say if it's gay or not like just gay or not and it's not you know but still that contributed to the confusion um and the suppression right the suppression right so there's this new york times article by eric pipenberg where he is reflecting on his watching of It's a Sin. And in it, he says, it stings to see wall-to-wall coverage of the coronavirus on television and then watch a show about the years when AIDS was ignored and information and treatment were scarce. Yes, the viruses are different, but one of those differences is that queer people and other marginalized populations were dying, which meant I could understand a young, sexy twink being like, y'all are just old conspiracy theorists trying to stop the fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. in the US that showed up by queer people hating on lesbians who were trying to take care of and organize and like let's slow down because they thought that people were being sex negative and like and yet they were the ones who ended up like taking care of a lot of the dying queer people. Yeah. But I just I couldn't understand why the misinformation was happening and why it was ignored because it felt like a conspiracy theory thing, despite people falling around you didn't necessarily attribute it to specifically gay sex because the information that was being held in doctors' offices and studies was not shared wildly because people were scared to talk about gay people. Right. And also, if it was just killing people, gay people, who cares? There's this really beautiful scene where someone goes to the doctor for something else and then asks about it. And the doctor's like, why are you asking about that? And she's like, "Um, because I have friends. And he's like, well, it doesn't concern you. And I'm honestly offended that you would even come into my office and ask because I don't deal with those He literally goes, it literally, like, physically, which is just insane to me that he said this to this woman, because it's to a woman he says Mm -hmm. it to. Um, He goes, it literally, like, quite literally, physically does not affect you and cannot affect you. So I don't know why you're asking me this. Yeah. so it's like not even the media suppressing it. It's like even Doctors, if you went to your yeah. doctor because of the bias, you couldn't get information. Anyway, I feel like we're saying things that many people already know. Already know. But I, I appreciate the reminder and I appreciate the dramatization. In oh, yeah. Ways. I love the dramatization. And again, it's to me, it was it just whether it was intentional or not. There's just a lot of parallel to the age that we're living in today. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think. If this was like, if AIDS was coronavirus and it didn't, there was no uh, subject, no person, no like, this is queer attributed. And that's we would have had Truvada in the 90s. We would have had Truvada in the 90s. We would have had it way, 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 like a long ass time ago, which is just, it's insane to me. Which Truvada is generic now, which like good for that. Yeah, good for them. Um, um, have you seen this Tell Me Your Secret show on Amazon? No, I saw the, like the trailer keeps popping up on my little like fire stick and I see Lily Rabe's face and I think, damn, I love me some Lily Rabe. And I think I watched the trailer for it and thought, damn, I don't want to see Lily Rabe in this. And I just kept going. Okay, <laughs> great inclination. I got about four episodes in. I truly don't know if I'm going to finish it. It 
has all the bones to work. It's essentially in the same vein of like, um, what's that one with that redheaded woman who like cut herself on HBO? Oh, Sharp Objects. Yep. Um, Another show I did not make it through. I think I got four episodes in and thought, this is... I'll just read the book. Oh, okay. I think the payoff of Sharp Objects actually like towards the end, it's not perfect, yeah. but it's better than whatever the fuck this show is. Um, <laughs> okay. It, it, uh, it just, it's confusing for confusing sake. Like it thinks because it's a mystery sort of show, it has to like be confusing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it is just chaos. I, I, there was one episode that, yes, I was high when I was watching it, but I like rewound it like four times because I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I, the show is acting like I should know. Like it, the show make, made me feel like a stupid bitch is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I think in reality it's just terrible writing. Yeah, yeah. And like Lily Rabe is like doing a good job, but the show just sucks. I was hoping it was going to be like, I mean, we said when we were watching not Big Little Lies, but the other one. Mm-hmm. Not undoing. Uh-huh. Um, that... You know, Lily Ray will watch her in anything. Well, I did watch her in anything, and I'm not finishing. Um, That's not her fault, though. It's, I hope not, yeah. Uh, Unless she's an executive producer, in which case it is absolutely your fault. I don't know. Uh, let's move on to... To the fact that one in six Gen Z adults identifies as something other than heterosexual. Cool. It makes me really happy. And I think it's cool because it's... there's That's cool data. Um, there's still this supposed divide between you know, uh, Gen Z and millennials and Gen X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I when think... I saw Gen Z adult, I thought, so like a young millennial? No, I mean, we're like, we're, I think we're young millennials. Like, I feel like 28 yeah, yeah, year olds yeah, yeah, are young yeah, yeah. millennials, whereas like Gen Z is like up to 25 or 26. So what happens if you're 27? Are you on the cusp? A cusp. Is it like a horoscope? Yeah. You're like a little bit of both. A zillennial. A zillennial. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having a beer today, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think it's super cool. I think it's cool that, you know, there's also about 11 or more percent that are identifying as something. Or no, it's like of those surveyed, like almost 4% identify as something other than LGBT, which is all that they had named, such as like queer or like these mm-hmm, other names for mm-hmm. things. Um, supposedly 11% are identifying as some sort of trans, which can be is an umbrella term, you yeah. know, not necessarily specifically, you know, that M to F or FTM, whatever. Um, but uh, there was also, though, so there's a celebratory aspect, right? Mm-hmm. The kids are all right. The, the kids, kids are, are all right. The kids are all right. They're doing what we have all hoped for, which is that it's, one, not a big deal. Fuck you, you want to fuck. Mm-hmm. Bisexual was the largest percentage, which is like, but sexuals are having a moment and I oh, and I want them to have it. And because I think bisexual, honestly, but this is this could be the millennial in me. I think bisexual is a weird dumb term. Like, because I'm like, I know, I know that bisexuals are like, it doesn't mean to, it's not a dichotomy, you know, poly or or I mean um pan, pan whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone else is like, no, bisexual just means like not hetero or not homo, which like for me I'm like, then what why not just call yourself queer? Why do you have to say bisexual? Anyway, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's also because of fucking stupid shit that I absorbed from media about what bisexuality is and what it isn't and the shaming. Do you remember those bisexual episodes in Sex and the City? Shameful. Um anyway. No, because I never watched that show. Mm, good for you. Um but <laughs> the crazy thing in my mind 
is that TERFs are like losing their mind about this data. What are they not losing their mind about? That's true. Anything. You can literally say the weather report this week is sunny every and day blame it and on they will be people. like oh my god trans people did this yeah. it's global warming yeah. we shouldn't have this many sunny days yeah <sighs> and th- essentially lesbian was one of the smaller percentages and so all of these women turfs lesbians are like where did all the lesbians go people are identifying as bi and trans and all these ways and we're losing them to this and that and the other and it's like no like we're gaining more of the community the the fact that you don't see those people as part of the community is about you you stupid fuck Mm -hmm. if you weren't so angry all the time people wouldn't be afraid to be (sighs) fuck jk rowling and (laughs) and honestly there was another article recently that came out about the trans movement or no it was about a trans bill and zero trans people were quoted only people in opposition to the transness were quoted and journalists need to do fucking better if you have an article about trans people include trans people in it yeah always making it a quote debate is going to perpetrate the debate it's not a debate trans people exist let's fucking move on that's that's crazy lady gaga had her dogs stolen stolen fucking someone did you see that video no it okay I felt that no, that like, no, of course. But then I watched it today. I almost started crying. It was like really upsetting. That's why I didn't watch it. This person is walking (laughs) and then this car drives up next. It's her dog walker. Mm -hmm. Dog walker and friend. uh, I think his name's Robert, maybe. Who's making a full recovery, by the way. Um, Drives up next to him. They hop out and jump him. And then there's this about a minute of tussling and like trying to steal the dogs or whatever. He's like, please, please stop, stop, stop. And then they finally get him away. And as they get him away, they fucking shoot him. And then it's like another two minutes of him just like screaming, I've been shot. And then like one of the dogs that's left, cause three dogs were on a walk and like one of the dogs that was left is like coming up to sniff him. It's like, it's so fucking sad. Anyway, the dogs have been found. They were found up tied in a, next to a tree and then some woman brought them to the police station well, had up in a tree and i thought so we got oh, dog no. hate dogs crimes going too <laughs> jesus no. no the dogs are okay i mean it just it's really wild it's still kind of unclear whether or not it was targeted as lady gaga's dog walker and dogs or if it was just like oh there's four fucking french bulldogs there's easily because like only like it's in la yes i think so I think so. No, they knew that was Lady Gaga's dog walker. I mean, maybe so. I mean, yeah, I have think you, it's just... Have you seen Bling Ring? Yeah, I have. Okay. Same thing. I want to rob. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> we... Okay, what? so... Over the break, I just, I imagined <laughs> Bling Ring intersecting with Lady Gaga's dogs getting kidnapped or, I don't know, kidnapped. And I just pictured Emma Watson rolling up on Gaga's- Dressed as Coella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rolling up on- Dominique Jackson pops out of the thing. She's like, give me those dogs. I need those dogs now. I need goats. Goats. I Emma tell Watson's you. driving. She's like, I want to rob. I want to rob. Those dogs. Give me those dogs. Gaga. Um, okay, we're stupid. I want to see that movie. <laughs> I, I would too. I'd I want to see that money. more than whatever the Cruella movie is coming out. <laughs> Especially because like, 
the dogs are fine the man is fine i feel okay being like yeah we wouldn't be saying this if anybody was seriously like not alive probably not seriously not alive not jokingly not alive they're not alive but it's a joke yeah um okay so for the work today we wanted to talk about fucking your therapist fucking your therapist uh don't do it to start yes thank you to start (laughs) don't do it if you have a therapist hitting on you report them immediately like seriously that is a deep ethical boundary that you do not cross however i think a lot of people have the kind of secret thought or like have had the thought before of like Oh my god, I want to fuck my therapist. This is why I literally refuse to have a hot therapist. If I go into that therapist's office and I am even an inkling like, oh, they're attractive. I just, I can't, I won't do it. I'm just like, I won't because I already know how transference works, <laughs> which I'm going to have you explain to the people. And I'm like, nope, this is, this is going to go bad. Even if nothing happens from this, I'm going to be withholding or looking at this person in a romantic sexual mindset yeah. and that that's not good for the work at all i i would argue that there is times where it absolutely is not good for the work and then there are times where it can be good to bring up so yes. that you and your therapist can discuss desire yes um so let's talk about transference in general from a high level how okay. is what is it and how's it different from projection okay So projection is when you have feelings about someone like, or you're kind of already feeling something about anything and then you manifest it by bringing out behaviors that will bring out that behavior in another person. Okay. So essentially it's like, you know, I'm pissed off today. You kind of go into work being like, oh, my coworker is going to piss you off. And then no matter what your coworker does, you projecting being pissed off so that they piss you off. Transference is where... You have desires for someone else and desires can mean sexually. That can also be, you know, um, friendship desires. It can also be anger or hatred um, and you place them on someone else. So you're actually angry and mad at your dad, but you're placing that on your therapist or your boyfriend when they have not done anything to you like your dad has. Um, Specifically... It occurs when a person redirects some of their feelings or desires for another person to an entirely different person. And sometimes as part of the therapy process, some therapists even actively encourage transference. So especially within um, psychoanalysis, there's also like uh, transference focused therapy or TFP. Um, It can be especially useful for those with borderline personality disorder. But essentially what a therapist can do is take on the role of the person that you're mad at or want to fuck or want to or sad at or whatever and then you can explore some unconscious desires while that person is placing yeah those feelings onto you this is also really helpful in group therapy group therapy um nine times out of ten can be looked at as like a microcosm for the world or a microcosm for your family um and i think that transference comes up a lot in this because you're usually in group therapy sitting with a bunch of other people that are similar to you or share the same sort of reasoning for wanting to do group therapy let's say that um and then you have a therapist or two therapists sort of moderating and what a lot of people do is start to attribute individuals in group therapy with a member of the family or somebody from their like world and life and then start 
to your point, placing those feelings and emotions on them. And it can be really helpful if it's something that a therapist is clued in on and can sort of interpret right then and there, which right. I think is a big piece of this. Is Does your therapist know this is what you're doing? Can right. they infer this, right. this, this information? But um, it's helpful in group therapy as well because if you are treating Susie Q over there that you've literally only known in group therapy like a bitch or something like that and she probably hasn't even done anything like right. that then your therapist can sort of poke and prod and say like why does this constantly come up with this one woman yeah. and who are they reminding you of yeah. or who are they who do they look like to you yeah and you're like oh you look just like my younger sister who yeah who is a bitch. Won't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and like, I mean, that makes some sense, right? Like you have someone or something accessible to you while this other thing is not. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to focus my energy here. But there's sometimes that gray area between our conscious and unconscious that doesn't always allow us to see that's what's happening or that's what's right. going on. We can kind of just only see the hatred or only see the fuckability or only see whatever. Um there's this article written by Welton and Ladson. Um, uh, it's a study based on the recognizing and managing erotic and eroticized transferences. And essentially it's saying that this term erotic transference is so it's generally reserved for this positive transference that's accompanied by sexual fantasies that the patient sort of understands to be realistic. Like, you go into therapy and being like, I want to fuck my therapist. I know that's not good. I don't really want to, but, like, I'm kind of, like, holding it, understanding that this is what's going on. Um, And that doesn't necessarily interfere with therapy because it can open up new dialogues. But eroticized transference is this kind of, like, intense, vivid, irrational, erotic preoccupation. So Mm. it becomes more of, like... I actually would fuck my therapist and I'm going to say and do things in therapy that mask my truth to be able to get that person to fuck me. And because there's also a fucked up reality where like, I think it's somewhere between like, this is some statistic statistic written in here. It's like between four and 11%, which I recognize is like a large margin, but still like, let's say around 10% for fuck's sake, are unethical counselors and therapists where they will fuck their patients. Oh, yeah. They will have bo- bad... And, like, um, I think we talked about in our Therapist on TV and Film episode around, like, how that shows up a lot. Speaking of Good Girls from last week, there was, like... There's a... In the third season, the, the girl with the round face, mm-hmm. she sees like three different therapists and they all suck. Honestly, I wish I would have seen it before we did that episode because it was a very good like attack each of these things. But one of them is fucked up because he would and tries to fuck her and like leads. Anyway. Yeah. This eroticized transference where the patient is unable to focus on developing appropriate insight and attends the sessions for the opportunity to be close to, to the therapist with the hope that the therapist will reciprocate love. That's the type of thing where a therapist needs to be aware of what's going on. But like, if you have a very skilled therapist, uh, someone who's been in therapy for a long time, that person is going to kind of pick up on like what you're saying, pick up on like, I think my patient's flirting with me (laughs) or like, I think that they're, are they like dressed up for therapy in a way that they haven't haven't been, are her tits out? (laughs) Like, you know, like what's going on? And I think that. What can be scary for a therapist is like, okay, well, do I, do I acknowledge it? Do I bring it up? Do I shy away from it and just kind of ignore every advance? Mm-hmm. Or do I 
how do I also sort of divest from this person's kind of like, not personal life, but that side of them so that they get the hint that I'm not interested. Yeah. But like, the truth is, is that if you pull too far away, then you're not going to be able to do good therapy because then your client won't trust you. Right. But also, if you lean too much in, you're going to give this person mixed signals. But I think the best thing is when there is an opportunity to talk about it. So if you want to fuck your therapist, what I'm saying is tell your therapist that you want to fuck them. Ooh, girl. And then, yeah, you got to. Because ideally what happens then is you get to explore why. Because most often than not, what's happening is you are being seen by someone for the first time in a way that you are not seen in your normal life. Mm -hmm. If you are seen and loved outside of therapy, you won't project or have this transference happen of like what you... So if we think about transference as like, I want a boyfriend... I want someone to love me. I want someone to fuck me. I want someone to see me as a whole person. Right now, my therapist is the only person, especially man in my life, who listens to me. This is probably also a reason why I've never chosen a man as a therapist. Well, I mean, I personally, right now, I have this straight dude therapist. And there have been, like, over the year and sometimes... I'll have, like, a session every once in a while. One... When I'm, like, level-headed, I do not really find this man attractive. Like, yeah. he's not ugly, but I just, like, don't find him attractive. <laughs> and then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, hey. And I'll, like, smile at the camera. And then I'm like, ew. <laughs> like, I'm like, ew. Because what it is, though, is, like, I'm seeking validation from the straight men in my life who never gave me validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put onto this person. If I can trick them into loving me or turning them, whatever the fuck, you know, like, I get... I get the satisfaction of what I never got satisfaction from growing up, right? Which is, like, these straight men who would either tease me and bully me or would, like, secretly hook up for me and then publicly deny me. You know what I mean? Like, anyway. And ideally, you tell this to your therapist. And ideally, ideally is the key word here because I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of therapists that are not prepared for transference and don't know what the fuck to do with it. Um, Like, at all. Right. And oops. Um, Turn your phone off. Turn my phone off. Muted. Um, Was that your therapist? (laughs) Girl, don't put me on blast like that. (laughs) He be hitting me up on Sundays or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, my therapist does text me, but not not for anything like that. Literally, be like, you forgot to pay me this week. That's why my therapist texts me. Um, And I'm like, like, Ben Damn, girl, you caught on. No, I'm joking. I always pay my therapist. So, long story short, ideally, (laughs) you tell your therapist, and they're like, thanks for letting me know. Let's explore that. Yeah. Um, Every now and then, they're going to be like, whoa, I don't know what to do with this. In which case, they should be talking to their supervisory group or to another group of therapists to figure out what to do with this information. And sometimes the answer is like, this is not going to be productive to the work we're trying to do right now, now that this is like out in the open. And I also just want to be realistic. There are going to be times that the therapist is like, I have to refer you elsewhere. Yep. Because I don't know what to do with those feelings that you're having towards me. And especially if the therapist is like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way too. It's like, they should absolutely be referring you out. And and then like cutting off communication with you. Because like also, not everyone knows this, but like. people have ethical guidelines not just with people that they're seeing but people that they used to see yes so if you cut someone off at least i don't know what counseling guidelines are but in the school of social work or the um 
social work board, the ethical board, you're supposed to wait at least seven years to have some sort of other relationship with someone than a social work relationship. I was just going to say that, yes, ethically, you're supposed to, once you've ended your final session with the therapist, regardless of how it worked out, you could have resolved everything in the world. You technically, I believe it was the same thing when I was in school, and I'm probably fogging on the number, but it's somewhere around like five to seven years before you can be in a relationship with that therapist in any other, like whether it's platonic, whether it's romantic or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that is to protect you as like a client, patient, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, because you have to process that kind of shit and work through it. And like, yeah. to your point, understand what is it about this therapist or this person that I'm attributing these feelings towards yeah. and why. <clears throat> and then as my, my, uh, when I was in grad school as our, professor used to say all the time which we used to chuckle about but as an older adult i'm like it's true and i ask myself this all the time what is your fantasy of me yep like it is we as clients and patients we're humans right humans in general will make assumption on top of assumption on top of assumption with being given very little we put shit on everyone we put shit on everyone so if you're working with a therapist that isn't giving you much and you've still developed this sort of fantasy of them of what their life is like outside of that session hey it's not your fault it's just gonna happen it's a normal thing but a therapist should be like interested in like what like what is the Spanish you have of me because yeah. all I've told you is that I live in a house and I have two kids right. that's all you know about me why have you suddenly spun this whole wild you tale about blanks. like who I am and like let's explore that and what that sort of means for your life whether why do you need to know this that and the third about me right or why does your mind go to those places where you're filling right. in those gaps about what my sex life is like or who right. my partner is like what about that for lack of a better term, like, why are you so obsessed with those, like, aspects of my life? You know, like, what is it about love and eroticism and sex and sex that, like, yeah. has you obsessed with those parts of my life? Right. And let's explore that. And that kind of, it sounds maybe to some listeners, potentially, that that's, like, in contradiction to what we were saying last week around, like, if you don't know what to say to your therapist, open up open that up as an opportunity to get to your to know your therapist more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, in a therapeutic relationship, there is a power dynamic inherent in it yes and there are ethical boundaries in order to do good therapy sometimes graying those areas in order to make deeper connection or get closer to truth or get more guidance that all can be something that happens but when it comes to sex and sexuality and desire it's a very it's a common thing. So, like, there's a couple things that I feel like we wanted to think about this episode, which is, one, if you're holding that, relieve yourself of that guilt or that shame or right. whatever and recognize that that's, like, a pretty normal process of therapy. Because what happens is, is that fantasy is being placed on the therapist, but what the therapist can do and what you can do in therapy is examine what that desire is about. What is the root cause of that desire? What therapy gives us the opportunity to figure out what's missing in our lives that we're hoping and like uh, transferring for <laughs> transferring onto our therapist to give us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Usually because they are fulfilling this role in your life that you probably have not had before. Right. Um, and kind of to sum it all up, like because they're fulfilling that that role in your life. 
it's just so easy for you to get wrapped up in thinking that that's what that person is supposed to be for you. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a normal. Yeah. It's just a normal thought to have. I think that happens all the time in friendships as well, even to take this yeah. outside of like therapy. Yeah. There have been pl- <laughs> there have been plenty of friends that like, oh my God, why am I so like horny. sexually horny yeah. and like attracted to you when that has like never happened before? And why is this coming up after I've like been vulnerable around you? It's, and like, it's like, oh, oh, you listened to me and looked me in the eye. Yeah. And you like <laughs> understood me and saw me. And now I'm turned on and I want you to like fuck my brains out. Right. But literally, if I go away for a day and come back, I'm going to be like, ew. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, friends are different. Friends are because different. you're not paying your friend, and you're not. There's not necessarily a power dynamic. You don't pay your friend, so you don't want this check that I'm going to. I don't pay you. you. <laughs> 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 okay, um, but I, I, uh, exactly. I think that you, it's good to point out how this shows up elsewhere, and I think some people who maybe don't experience that type of intimacy in their friendships or in with their family or with um, not sexual intimacy, obviously, with their family. That's fucked up. Um, or with, you know, uh, their relationships. But there's a lot of people who go into therapy to, to kind of talk about their fear of intimacy or, like, whatever. And yet, all of a sudden, they have every desire to be intimate with their, their therapist. And so they think that it's the therapist that is sort of the key to unlocking their intimacy. Mm. When in reality... The key to that is the exploration of what the fear is. Yeah. Versus giving into the fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, is that like men are weak as fuck, straight men especially. And so. It does not take much. It, you know, like. <laughs> it really does the not. The reality is, is that in some ways you might be able to seduce your therapist. Right. But that always is going to harm you. Yeah. It could harm them and that you could like use it against them and like. I don't know, blackmail them or report yeah, but then to the that's board. Still ultimately but that's harms a whole you. other thing. Yeah, like that's like whole, so much work. So, when you could be doing the work of figuring out why you want to pay somebody to blackmail somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, like this term does come from Freud, and it is a very like psychoanalytic term to like sort of be this tool in understanding someone's unconscious or repressed feeling. But I think. There's ways to engage with it that aren't in this typical psychoanalysis sort of way. Mm. Um, You know, those trained in psychoanalysis might be like, okay, we are going to practice and dive into that transference. But that should always be something that you have an awareness of and consent over. Because if that's not happening, then that's manipulation. That's your therapist, like playing with your mind, trying to get you attracted to them to tell you things yeah. or like go somewhere. Whereas like someone who is trying to use that as a therapeutic tool is is going to say things like, you might start feeling things for me. That is a very normal, like explaining what we're kind of talking about now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sort of dip into that with this understanding that there's this ethical boundary that we're both going to hold. And then there's also, you guys, as, a, as if transference didn't fuck with you enough, there's counter transference. That's another topic. But that's when a therapist is going to put something onto a client. Onto a client. It's just, it's the counter of what transference is. Right. Um, But yeah, that's a whole other thing. Which, I mean, in relation to this topic, that can happen. Yeah. And it's also another reason for you to be very aware of what's going on in the situation. To either, like, dead that relationship with that therapist. And also a thing that your therapist should absolutely be in therapy and be in... 
supervision. Um, supervision about so that they can be very aware of when they are sort of putting those those feelings on you because yeah. I just I do want to shout to the fact that it's not a one way thing it's not that's fair just that's fair. the client doing something to the therapist yeah regardless of anything if a therapist if you feel like a therapist is putting their their feelings emotions attributes of another person onto you yeah then it's something that you should also call out. Yep. And especially if it has you wrapped up in your head about like, wait, what am I doing or giving off to this yes. person that make them yeah. think this? Like, you shouldn't be the one super stressed out about that. Like, That's that is totally something fair. your therapist should be working on and calling out. And I think like, if you're sitting there thinking, not holding like, I want to fuck my therapist, but then you're like, does my therapist want to fuck me? Yeah. And are, I mean, it's kind of hot. Like, me? I could see myself fucking. Like, if you start going down that road, but it was never a thought that entered your mind before, right? Then yeah. Again, I still suggest you bring it up with that person. But it also, if it becomes, if you're not the one offering it, and you can tell that we're moving past past implicit to explicit, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean like he whips his dick out on telehealth, but like, like you That's can tell I've that seen. there's like. Um, I know that'd be really hot, um, <laughs> but like you can, um, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, but you can like, you can tell that like that person is crossing the boundary. Yeah. It's important to name that if not to them, to their supervisor, mm-hmm. to whoever, because if not you, it's someone else. Yeah. And that is an abuse of power and a form of abuse that like you don't deserve to try and go get healing and get fucked with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, I, I really appreciate even if you are into it, even if you do find it like, because it's not going to be helpful for exactly. you. It's, it's a manipulation of power. And there is always going to be a differential because no matter what pieces of information are given as collateral or toward intimacy, there is always, always, always going to be so much more. Your therapist knows about you than what you know about them. And it's designed that way for, to help you, and it's it's hard because like you know i don't want to name these things to discourage people from going to therapy but it's also important to hold these things if they come up because then that's not good therapy and you need to make choices for yourself these are pointers this is advice for if it happens because to your point earlier the percentage in which it does happen is not like tiny it's not like it's not like, I'll put it like this. It would not be unheard of or unspeakable if it did pop up, like yeah. in a therapy session. And I think the point of this is we want you to be prepared for what to do if it does versus yeah. to say, it's absolutely going to happen. Right. Like I said, I have, A, only ever had female therapists. And because of that, I think that I I know myself really well. And I'm just like, mm, let's just stick to that because the transference is going to be real for me as somebody who has been single for a very long time right. and just know what that sort when of love thing and can intimacy is one of your biggest things that you're going into therapy for that's yeah. probably a great choice I feel like um I am choosing to see a straight person not exactly for that reason but like kind of dipping into that reason like yeah. I don't want to be distracted by that right when I'm in therapy although there's also a lot of data that shows that sometimes people get freaked out about transference because it's happening to um, it's attributing to a gender that they're normally not attracted to. Mm. So either hetero or homo, depending, yeah. like they're like, oh shit, I've gays go in and they're like, I've never been attracted to a woman before, but this one I could, you know, and, and then it's like something to explore. Right. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, this is okay. Not to get all like geeked out. Like I'm geeked out for therapy, but I am all the time because 
I think the reason why I became a therapist is like a side tangent is because like this is the shit this is the meta kind of shit that like I love about human behavior and human psychology Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't take the time to really examine about themselves like the questioning of why I'm doing this and this situation and what it means for like me outside of therapy Mm -hmm. when it comes to intimacy or sex is not that specific subject but is the reason why I find therapy so helpful because you have to be willing to A, be aware of your shit and like call yourself out about it and sometimes you get a little in your head about it because you're just like oh my god is this just this therapist or is this everybody or like is this my relationship with myself? Like, yeah. that's the fun stuff. So I right. don't know. Like, I say that as an encouragement to, like, yeah. not be freaked out about this stuff, to go into it like, hey, if this does happen, if I do start to experience transference, I should be <laughs> I should be excited because it's something to explore yeah. versus something to be afraid of and, like, run, run away from and pretend like it didn't happen. And for some people, that sort of exploration is exciting, like you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And other people, it freaks them out because it's like... um it's sort of this like it fucks with your ego right it's like Mm -hmm. oh it's not just me it's like i'm part of this like 47 percent of people who go to therapy and want to fuck like that sort of uh zooming out of like being a part of human nature Mm. freaks some people out because they're like no i'm an individual i am me i am this person i'm in control it's like no baby sweetie honey of all my behaviors like you are a human we're just some cells firing synapsing and that's all it is i mean i do think that there's some spiritual component i don't know what it is so don't ask me but um it's jesus (laughs) okay oh my god speaking (laughs) speaking of jesus i did want to fuck jesus i listen Oh, what were you going to say? Not that. Oh, okay. But uh, so many holes. I was just going to bring up Catherine Hahn on WandaVision and just think, talk about that damn bunny that she has. Oh. And she was just like, he played baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It was Jesus it was, all along. It was Jesus all along. Um, we're going to talk about WandaVision next next week, by the way. Yeah. So you better watch it and catch up. Are we, are we done with the work before I just start talking about other things? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break and come back and do some meds. Do meds. Some meds. Let's take some meds. Mm. You want to take some meds? Yeah, I'll let's take two pop or a three. Med. I'll take a, I'll take a couple. Oh, God. We're almost ready to come back again. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm opening another beer. And uh, what are your meds? Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> and I was so excited to take them. And now I'm like, oh, meds. The pills are so big. They're so big. Gulp. Um, no, my, my meds this week, uh, I put plant zaddy because you know what? I thought about it today. I was out before the podcast shopping, looking for planters, not planters, planters. And I was just like, go me. I've been keeping plants alive, like, for over a year now. I think I can now call myself a plant daddy, because before I was like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm picking up a plant later on from our friend Noj. Um, Ooh, I saw that. That's a gorgeous plant. Well, they're giving me another plant, because they're keeping that one. But still the same plant species, so I'm excited about it. Notion's kept... Notion's very good at keeping plants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to make a new plant baby today and keep it alive yeah. and repot some things. And I don't know. I just thought about it and was like, I'm keeping plants alive. Yeah. Go, Sean, because there used to be a time where it's like, don't get me a plant. I'm just yeah. going to kill it. Like, I'm just going to kill it. That's all I'm going to do. I want to do an episode, two reasons. One, I have a friend in mind, but then also I just saw someone who is 
thinking about making a podcast about this and have them on, but around, oh no, no, I want some, but around the, uh, <laughs> we're maybe passing a joint, um, but around <laughs> maybe the, possibly the sure. mental health of taking care of plants and specifically within queerness, like I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that for you. I'm also excited in that future episode to hear more about how this status has influenced your mental health and taking care of something oh my and God. being surrounded by life and green. And my partner does all that shit, so I just reap the benefits. But Yeah, between plants and a dog, I'm like, hey, I'm keeping something alive over here. I feel very responsible. Hell but yeah. don't give me a child yet. No. 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 What are I, you? I don't worry, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically. I don't I want no children not. from you. Yeah. Um, what are you taking this week? What are your meds? Um, honestly, I think our hike yesterday, I had like, um, I wasn't going to say it cause I thought that you might've said it, but I, not because like I'm, I'm hurt. I didn't, didn't say, say it. it because I wanted you to say it. Okay. Work. Um, no, I just, uh, we went on a little hike yesterday and to be honest, there was like too many families speaking of kids <laughs> and, a lot like, of families. and uh but a lot of plcs which was great yes that's true especially for the pacific northwest outdoors very was very, very happy but yeah. um just saw this gorgeous waterfall and was able to like kind of go off the trail a little bit onto this like giant rock and just kind of like breathe it in for a second but mostly i was just like i loved us all in the car driving like just like it felt reminiscent of 2019 or something, you know, like it was like this, it felt nostalgic, which is crazy that being in a car with my friends felt nostalgic, but it felt nostalgic. It does. Um, And like going to Vancouver. Right. And as when I relive that moment again and again and again, there's moments I can leave behind, but yeah, like getting fucking detained. Oh yeah. We did get detained. Didn't we? We'll tell that story another time. That was fun. Um, But, uh, Anyway, I just, uh, I really appreciated it. And as I'm like thinking about these moves that are happening in my life, I just really appreciated it. And I was there in the moment, but then I got home and was like met with this wave of like, that was so wonderful. <laughs> like, um, I love you a lot. And it was great. Fine. Um, what's our homework? God, here we go with homework that I don't think about until you asked me what the homework is. I've been a terrible teacher these last few weeks. Um, I mean, it could just be easy. Like if you want to th- fuck your therapist, talk to him about it. And if not... Take a week off. You know what your homework is? I need some coffee table book recommendations. Mm. I like this. Just let's have a fun homework session. I Shall we? It. It's been. I feel like DM I, us. We have been keeping up with the homework and every now and then you just don't want a coffee do table book. You want a coffee table book. So for real, for real, I will take any and all queer related coffee table book recommendations. I love. One I have for you is um, it's called Queer of Love or Queering. Oh, shit. Um, Queers in Love. Queers in Love. And it's like this photography book um, of just queer love and color. That's what it's called. Queer love and color. Um, It's a photography book. So it's not like in living color, queer edition. It's a book. I mean, it kind of is. Okay. But it's basically couples and people in love who are queer people of color. And it's a gorgeous... For me, a coffee table book is just like gorgeous pictures. Yeah. I just want to flip Well, I mean, you recommended like, oh. I buy the Rihanna book. Nobody recommended the Rihanna book to me because it is $135. And I don't got that kind of coin. Just lay it okay, around. Okay, you know what? Like, we've never asked for money before. But if you want to send us the Rihanna book... That, if you want to gift us yeah. the Rihanna book. Yeah. Or if you've had it for a while and you don't like it anymore. Yeah. You know, like you've Just seen put it, it in the mail. You've been high all year with it. You're like, I've seen these pictures enough. 
Send it to five five five. They're also five Sunset Court Drive, Portland, Sunset Oregon, nine seven two one five. Okay, we're getting crazy. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter at QBT Pod. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you to Ali Kilts, Carlos Valle, and Kiana Marrero, um, as well as Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. Um, this truly is a team effort, and like we say these names at the end every time, but like we are two people. This takes a lot more work than that, and I am immensely grateful. Um, and thank you for listening. We love you. 5,000 downloads. Feels crazy. Wow. We love y'all. See you next week for episode Bye. 44. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. <laughs>